the book of Acts chapter 26, we're going to back up and get our subject. From the book of Acts <clears throat> chapter 26, and we want to look at verse 6 through verse 8, because that is where our attention uh, want to be today. Acts chapter 26 and verse number 6 through verse number 8. And now we're going to come back to this camera and the Apostle Paul is, is, is really defending himself before King Agrippa. Remember Paul, God told him he would be going before the kings. Here he before King Agrippa. And verse number 6, Acts 26 and 6. And now I stand and am judged, Paul says, for the hope of the promise made of God unto the fathers, under which promise our 12 tribes instantly serving God day and night hope to come, for which hope, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. Why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? So Paul really told us what the hope was when he says that God shall raise the dead. So we're going to do this morning, uh, we're going to talk about God promised. Just two words. God promised. And so we want to go back and see what did God promise? What did God promise? But that's not my subject. My subject is just two words. God promised. Amen. God promised. Amen. All right. So you want to put your note, really, is a question, but I want to make it God promised because I want to see what, what did God promise? What did God promise Israel? What did God promise the fathers? Because whatever God promised is what they was waiting on. Now this is what I want you to really see today. Is God faithful? The Bible says he is faithful that promised. So my point is, find that verse for me. It just came out that God is faithful that promised. Now, my point is this. If God promised, has he done what he promised? I mean, it's like, here we are 2,000 years later. And 95% of the church still are saying the Lord has not come. Now, if the Lord has not come, which is one of the parts of the promises, then the second part of the promises, we're going to see that God promised to make Israel kings and priests. That means that it has not happened. And then the next thing, if, if God has not come, then Israel as a nation, is not raised from the dead. So all of those people that Jesus told that if you believe in me, though you were dead, yes, shall you live. And he that believeth in me shall never die. If, if the people who say they believe in their God is right, then all those people who believed in the old covenant, Israel, is still in the ground, waiting for the coming of the Lord. Isn't that something? Now, we, we which are alive and remain, we are not dead, but we say they are. Now, let's see what the Bible says. So that's why I'm going to be using one thing, and that's God's promise. Now, I want to, I want to show you some things uh, uh, that God promised. Whenever you get that one verse, you just... From the book of Hebrew, there's one Isaiah, I thought the one you're going to get. But Hebrew chapter 10 and verse number 23, just one verse. That's good. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. I want to make sure it's on the screen. Because this is what, now I believe the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. I know there's a lot of people who believe a lot of other stuff, but 
they believe what they believe, I believe what I believe. So uh, I, I believe he was qualified to write about Jesus Christ as a high priest. So here it is. Let us hold fast, Paul says, the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful, that promise. Now, why was he saying that to them? Because they were waiting for the coming of the Lord. So he said to them that the Lord is faithful, that promise. Well, let's look at a few of those scriptures. Say the Lord is faithful, that promise. Now let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and let's look at verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 9. So maybe you can mark these in your Bible, okay? Because the Bible said God, we're going to wait till you get ears, faithful. Come on, say it with me. God is faithful by whom you were called to the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. All the way through the Bible, Paul is reminding the church that God is faithful. Look at Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 7. We'll go back. See, all through the Bible, you will see the same thing over and over. Why is they saying that? Why are they using that word, God is faithful? So I just told you to go to Isaiah what? 49. Isaiah 49 verse 7. All right, when it come on the screen, we're going to read it. Isaiah 49 and 7 says, Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his, and the, and his Holy One, to him whom man despises, to him who the nations abhorreth, to a servant of rulers, kings, shall see and arise. Princes also shall worship because of the Lord that is what? Faithful. He's going to make Israel kings and priests is what he's saying. Why? Because the Lord is faithful and the Holy One of Israel, he shall choose thee. Now, God continues to say over and over and over that he is faithful. Look at 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. See, if you don't do anything else this morning, get this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. See, before you get anything from God, you got to know this right here. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it's on the screen. There has no temptation taken you, but search is coming to man, but, he's going to stop right there and say, but what? I need you. See, if you are waiting for something and God to do something in your life, why don't you say something? Come on, you, you got to know the God you believe in. Come on, God is what? God is faith. Now, how many know what it means for the word to be, to say he's faithful? I give you one. I give you one. He keeps his promises. So if you don't get no more, that'll help you out. To say God is faithful means God keeps his word. Ain't that right? You can believe his word. For all those people, I want you to just think with me, all those people who died in hope, in the graves, and people today saying, the Lord has not come yet. 2,000, this coming uh, seven, years from the, seven years from this month, exactly seven years from this month will be 2,000 years since Jesus Christ left planet Earth. 2031. Remember, it was A.D. 30 when he died. So in, here it is, 2,000 years, and yet people who say they believe in God 
saying that the Lord has not come yet. And every time an incident happened, you know, that's just, just something that happened down in my city, not my town, but the state. Uh, 23 people were killed in the tornado. You know what people say? Well, you know, this is the last days because they don't have no answer. See, it's not the last days. It's not the last day. California had, you just can't even say what they had. I mean, they changed the whole state of California. It changed so much because of the weather. And yet people say, well, well, you know, it's the last day. That's all the answer they got. I'm going to show you in the word of God that it's not the last days. The last days were 2,000 years ago. You are in the dispensation of grace. My point is, do you have the grace of God yet? It's something you've been peeping in the grace of God for 2,000 years now, and they still don't have the grace of God. They still don't know how to pray. They still do not know how to believe God. They still, because they don't know, they, they don't take advantage of the grace of God. The Bible said, come boldly to the throne of grace, but you got to know how to pray, that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help you in time of your need. And yet people would say, well, you know, that ain't here yet. Well, well okay. See, grace means the Holy Spirit going to do it. Jesus already done it. So you're waiting for the Holy Ghost to manifest something in your life. That's grace. So you thank the Son, and then you believe that the Holy Ghost is going to manifest in your life. But it's all free because it's grace. All right. Now, that's, that's another one. I gave you that in verse number 13. Now, let's, let's go and show you a couple more. First Thessalonians 5, 24. God is faithful. See, if you don't get nothing else, I haven't even got to my message yet. But if God promised, the first thing you got to know is God is faithful. Faithful means he keeps his word. Faithful means he do what he said. Yeah, he's loyal. Right, but 1 Thessalonians 5, 24. Let's look at another one. See, these, you least you ought to mark in your Bible. You always have them. So if you're the person of prayer, prayer today, or if you have anything you believe in God for in your life, least you ought to know that the God you believe in is faithful. Why believe a God when you don't know that he's faithful? Now, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in what verse? And verse 24, we're going to go down there now. Verse 24, it says, faithful, capital letter, is he that calleth you who also will do it. See, if he call you, he's the one that will do it. You don't have to worry about nobody else doing that. You got you to know the God that you serve. You can't get nothing from God if you don't believe he's faithful. This, uh, this is why Abraham got what he wanted from God in Romans 4.18. I'm not going there today, but he had to realize that God is faithful. All right, let's move on. Now, let me give you another. Now, you're marking these in your Bible is my point. All right, 2 Thessalonians 3.3. 3. See, it doesn't do any good if you can't, trust, if you can't go to the Word. You got to be able to go to the word. I'm giving you the word. So when you got a situation in your life, you say, well, pastor gave me that Sunday. God is faithful. That's your answer. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse three says, so the Lord, but the Lord. Now he already talked about some things before. He said, finally, brother, in verse one, let's back up verse one. Finally, brother, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course. And be glorified. <coughs> Excuse me. Even as it is with you. And that we may be delivered, watch what it says, from unreasonable 
and wicked men. So you can put what you want to put down on your deliverance. That may not be your deliverance. Your deliverance might be sickness, may be disease, may be poverty, may be pain, may be fear, whatever. But watch what Paul said, that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not faith, but the Lord is faithful. Come on, let's say it again. The Lord is faithful. See, he's faithful. The Bible says, who shall establish you and keep you from evil? I say he's faithful. Who shall establish you and keep you from evil? See, you got, you got to have this kind of confidence in your God. We're going to give you another one. Hebrews 10, 23. That's where we started out, isn't it? Hebrew chapter 10. So Scrump, I think we started off Hebrew 10, 23, right? So Paul said, let us hold fast. Talk to Israel because they were under the profession of faith. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. That was Israel. That was for profession mean confession. Without wavering. For he is faithful that promise. Now, Let's, let's go show you a couple of things. You know, you, 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 if you're little, what I call rookies in the word. I call this what? You, people who are rookies in the word. They, they haven't been with God. They haven't been walking with God in a while. Let, let's go to First Chronicles. People, people have not been walking with God for a while. Let me, let me show you a few things. In First Chronicles, I'm sorry, First Kings. Forgive me, First Kings eight fifty six. First Kings, not Chronicles. First Kings chapter eight verse fifty six. See, I believe I believe this is the greatest reason why people are not getting what they need from God. This is what I'm talking about right now. Haven't even got to my message yet. My message, God promised. But you are not going to get what God promised and you are not going to walk in the things, in the, in the light, in the spirit, all this thing you need to be doing in the meantime if you don't know he's promised. Otherwise, if you don't know he's going to keep his promise. Because God is not promising you today. So that's why my message is God promised. Past tense. Nowhere in the Bible in, that God is promising you anything else. There's no more promises and there's no more God promising you nothing. So you better learn the word. First King chapter 8 and verse 56, when you get there, it says, blessed, is the, blessed be the Lord and has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he what? Come on, talk to me. He did it because what? He promised it. There has not failed one word. Somebody said one word. Come on, do you know what one word is? You got a whole Bible, 66 books. There has not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised. By the hand of Moses, his servant. Do you know how much he promised Moses? You got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Not one thing failed that he promised. I think somebody ought to get their God. I mean, if he's your God, you ought to give him praise if he's your God. Let's go back to the book of Joshua. Chapter 21, verse 45. Joshua. Now here they just came out of Egypt. Joshua. And Joshua in chapter 21, in verse 14, 23, 14, I'm sorry. 23, 14. Joshua chapter 23, in verse 14. I said 21, 45, right? That's the first thing I said. 
Hold that 2145 and look at 2314. We'll show you two verses at the same time. Got it? Joshua chapter 21, verse 45 on the screen. Read it. I want to make sure it's on the screen because I see 2145 first. Are oh, you got it? Joshua 2145. There it is. There failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord has spoken to the house of Israel, all came to pass. How much? All, all came to pass. Or everything God said to Israel in the old covenant. See, you in the new covenant, you got to be able to handle this. You got to be able to say, if God did that to people who was his people, how much more to his children? You are, that's if you're a son. You don't have to clap unless you're a son. If you're his own son, you, you always give your father praise. All right. So in, Je in Joshua 23, 14, you're going to flip the page. Joshua chapter 23 and verse 14. See, I, what I found out is that, you know, when God showed me, when Paul said this, I just couldn't get this out of my spirit. And I said, Lord, to me, it seemed like if the apostle Paul was waiting for the hope of Israel and was going through trial and had put his life on the line because he believed that God is faithful, that means that what I'm getting ready to tell you is going to happen. So he's going to wait on the Lord. See, Jesus said one thing, he that believeth in me, though he were dead, Yet should he live. See, how much do you really believe God? Watch this. In Joshua chapter 23 and verse 14 says, And behold this day, I am going the way of all the earth. Joshua getting ready to go off the scene now. An old man. And yet know in all your hearts. He's talking to Israel. I want you to know all this in all your hearts. And in all your souls that not one thing not one thing has failed not one thing say it with me not one thing has failed say it again not one thing now remember, Joshua's in the 23rd chapter. He's telling Israel out of everything in my ministry. And behold, this day I'm going the way of all the earth, and yet know, it, know in all your hearts and in all your soul. Know this. Not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord spoke concerning you. Nothing failed. Everything God told me, he did it. They all are come to pass unto you. Then he's going to say it again. Not one thing has failed thereof. Come on, you, you got to see how good your God is. Come on, come on. Don't. Listen, if you're going to believe God for something, you got to start off that he's faithful. Because if you don't believe God would, has done what he says, I didn't say go do. That's what so many people are. They can't get healed. They can't get delivered because they won't listen. God not going to do nothing for you. You got to come bring it into the present tense. The Bible said now faith is not going to be. You got to believe what God has done for you. Healing now is yours. Anything as an inheritance is yours. All blessings are yours. All promises are yours. You just got to believe God. See what happened? This is what I tell people. When it comes down to you need a miracle, do you have the faith to get it? Mm. Yes, sir. It's no different than money. You can walk past the store all you want to, but if you don't have no money, you're not going to get what's behind that wall. 
It's just like it is in your faith. It's in the spirit realm. It's already yours. You got the faith. Can you get, do you have the faith to get it? Do you have the faith to believe God to receive it? It's already yours. That's why I tell people, you better make sure you got the word. See, sitting around all day long doing nothing and watching nothing, when it come down for something wrong with you. Now, this is one of the greatest things that happened to me when I go to hospitals. I probably get more angry about this than anything else. When I go to see people in the hospital and they watching a TV, you in the hospital, man, you may not never leave out. And you watching the television? And then you try to talk to them and they trying to do this here like don't want to miss their program. When the Spirit of God is going to move in your life, you got to shut the natural down. Let me say it again. That's why so many people, if I ever prayed for you on the phone, the first thing I ask you is, is the TV on? Is the radio on? Can you receive prayer this time? Yes, Pastor, ain't nothing on. Why? Because God is not going to try to out-talk your TV. As a matter of fact, if your TV is on, the spirit most likely ain't going to move. Because you got to create an atmosphere. Here it is, the king of glory has come into your room, and yet you want to watch the TV. Well, Pastor, I didn't see the king of glory. When I showed up, I am the body of Christ, and he is the king of glory. Do you wonder about that? See, that's, the king is in me. It's supposed to be in you. All right. Now, let's, let's give, you a, give you a couple more. I got to get to my message now. Let's, let's give you one more. Let's go to Acts chapter 7, verse 5 through 7. Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. From the book of Acts chapter 7, now this is Stephen. In chapter Acts chapter 7 and verse 5 through verse 7. Watch what Stephen going to say. He sat down and he gave him none inheritance in it. Talking about the fathers. No, not so much as to set his foot on. Didn't give them nothing. See, all those people, you, if you read the, the book of Hebrews, Chapter 12, when you come down to all the promises that God promised, he didn't give them nothing. Yet he promised. Let me read it again. He gave none inheritance in it. No, not so much as he set his foot on. Yet he promised that he would give it to him for possession and to his seed after him when as yet he had no child. Now we know who they're talking about, right? Right. Abraham didn't even have a child and believe God. Didn't even have a child. But he had to believe God. And God did what he promised. God promised him to give him a possession, give to his seed after him when he would have, yet had no child. And God spake on this while that his seed should sojourn in a strange land and that they should bring them into abundance and entreat them. Watch this. 400 years. How long? I don't hear you. God said they're only going to stay there for 400 years. Well, let's go and see was that true. Go to Genesis chapter 15, verse 13 and 16. Genesis. Let's go back, Genesis. See, if God said they're going to be, if God said they're going to be there, let's see what happened. Genesis chapter 15. I'll show you another one in a moment, in, a moment in Exodus. Genesis chapter 15. We want to look at verse 13. And he said to Abram, No of a surety that your seed shall be a stranger in the land that's not theirs. Now, we know that was Egypt now. 
and going to serve them, watch this, and then they're going to afflict them 400 years. 400 years. How long? 400 years. Let's go to Exodus chapter 12, verse 40. Now, if God said it's going to last 400 years, then you'll know why he called Moses. <laughs> Praise God. Now you'll know why he called Moses. I, you know, when Mo, now we can look at the book and we go like, why you call Moses? Because it was time for them to come out. <laughs> Glory to God. God said they could only stay there 400 years. Matter of fact, 430 if you count Joseph. Now I gave you uh, uh, Exodus chapter 12, right? Verse 40. Let's see, let's see what happened. Now, we're going to wait for the screen. Now the sojourning, now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. See, if you add Joseph 30 and then they are 30. See, Joseph came in 30 and then they came in 400. Y'all understand why 430, right? Right, Joseph was 30 years old when he became, when he became king. Now, you got to get that now, because you got to know Joseph's ministry to know Christ. Joseph was 30 years old when he became king. So you know he became king. Now, the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years, and it came to pass. At the end of the 430 years, even the self-same day, it came to pass that all, not some, all the children of, of the Lord, all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. The same, the exact day when, it clock, when the clock ticked. See, that clock was ticking, said, we got to get out of here for midnight because you're going to make me alive if you're here tomorrow. Do anybody hear what I just said? They had to get out when? Midnight. God said midnight because it's midnight night. You got to get out of here. To Israel, it was really 6 o'clock in the evening. So you got to get out of here because after 6 o'clock, another day starts. They dead from 6 to 6. Now, isn't that something? They could not stay another moment. And at that exact moment, they walked out of Israel. They walked out of Egypt. Because God says, that angel came down that night and loosed them. Told them, don't even get dressed for bed tonight. Keep your clothes on. You're getting out of here. The clock is ticking. Somebody give your God some praise. My Bible said, if God said it, See, all that's in the past tense. See, it's not going to do it no more. Old Testament, you read it. Somebody find me. I don't want to mess that up. I'll show it to you. All right. So you got to understand, when God said something, that's what he did. Now, let's go into the message today because I want to show you that Jesus Christ operated in three different ministries. Now, I want you to put this down because I'm going to be feeding you in those areas the day sometime. He was prophet. He was priest. And he was king. And I'm going to show you what the Bible says, the law of the administration of the prophet. The law of the administration of the priest. The law of the administration of the king. So Jesus fulfilled every one of those administrations. That's what I'm going to show you. Now, right there, right there in, in uh, I, I'm, not going, I'm not going, I'm not going to bother none of that. Now, let's back up and let's go look at some of these things. Jeremiah 43 what? Jeremiah chapter 40 and verse 3. Let's go look at that. Jeremiah chapter 40 and verse 3. Jeremiah chapter 40 and verse 3. 
Now, you remember when God talked to Balaam and Balak, right? God, not a man. You know what that was, right? In the book of Numbers, Balaam and Balak. All right. Job, uh, Jeremiah chapter what? 43? 40 and 3. All right. Jeremiah chapter 40 and verse 3. Now the Lord has brought it. Now the Lord has brought it and has done according as he has said. Because the Lord has done it according he has said. See, he's all. But I want the one where you got in Numbers, because in the book of Numbers, it'll tell you if God said it. 2319. Yeah, that's what I want. I want you to see the whole thing. It'll tell you if God said it. See, everything that happened in the old covenant has been finished. That's all I'm trying to do before I get you my message. The reason why so many people today don't believe Jesus is coming because they never read the Bible. They only go by what somebody has told them. But if you read the Bible instead of the Bible, you will know that's not right. You cannot be in the dispensation of grace and God did not keep his promise to Israel. In the dispensation of grace, it's not about Israel. In the dispensation of grace, it's about the body of Christ. It is the spirit ministry. Let me say it again. The dispensation of grace is the spirit's ministry. See, you have the father's ministry all the way down till you got down to Malachi. Then after that, Jesus came, you had the son's ministry. And then after that, Paul came, you had the spirit's ministry. You are in the spirit's ministry. Everything that God gave you in the new covenant is what the spirit said to you. And it's already past tense. All right, number 23 and 19. We're just going to look at that one verse. God is not a man. Now, you got to understand how the Bible is written. You got the word God. You got the word Lord God. Now, these things you should have in your notes. If you're going to serve the Lord, you got to know who, who's saying who when you read the Bible. You got G-O-D, capital G-O-D, that's the Father. Then you have Lord God, that's the Holy Ghost. And then you have the word Lord. That's the Son. See, Jesus is Lord. The Holy Ghost is Lord God. That's why when you read the book of Genesis, you do not see the word Lord or Lord God in chapter 1. Everything is in the beginning God. But when you get to chapter 4 and man messed up, you will see the word Lord. Because he needed what? When you mess up, you need the Lord, brother. All right. All right. Now, Genesis chapter, I'm sorry, number 23, 19. Here we go. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said? Now, that's what you got to understand. He's asking you a question. Did he say it? Surely not do it. See, if God said something, you got to understand. If he said it, he did it. Did he speak it? Then he made it good or he made it come to pass. See, it doesn't make any difference. God, not a man that he shall allow, the son of man that he shall repent. Has he said? Shall he not do it? Has he spoken? Shall he not make it good? So you got to understand that's how God is. In the old covenant, you have to know that's what they had to believe. But everything has been done now. So what you got to do now is believe he has done it. And it's already finished. On the cross, he said, Father, it is finished. So you got to understand, he's not, there's no continuation. Now you got to do is go back and find out what did he do. Because it's already been finished. All right. Now, did I give you Exodus 15, 17? Let's go to Exodus 15, 17, 18. Why you know covenant? Head to my message. 
Exodus chapter 15. See, most people cannot get their prayers answered because they are, do not believe the word. Because if you believe the word, the first thing you need to believe is God is faithful. That's why, most, that's why Paul could sit in a Roman jail and also know that God was going to get him out. At midnight, they sang and they praised God. Because they already know you got to get me out because I got work to do. Peter, I'm sorry, sat in the jail at midnight. See, Paul, all this stuff Paul going through, why these guys were so confident that the Lord was going to get them out? Because they had work to do. Yeah, and God promised. See, all them Old Testament promises, how he would keep you and lead you and guide you and protect you, you got, all that's promise has already been done. It's fulfilled when God gave you Christ. When God put the Holy Ghost in you, the promise was secured. You never got to worry about anything else no more when you got the Holy Ghost. Everything that you need, he, that's why he's there. If you could just learn, find out about him and get, to get a relationship with him, here we go, Exodus 15, 17 and 18. Thou shalt bring them in, this is what God promised, and plant them in the mountain. Now remember, what mountain mean kingdom, or thine inheritance in the place, in the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for you, talking about Jerusalem, to dwell in. In the sanctuary, talking about Jerusalem, O Lord, which thy hands have established, what he's talking about, New Jerusalem, the Lord, here's another one. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. Now, when God make, when God tell you things like that, you got to understand, he reigns right now. But you know what? You got people see what's going on and they wonder why God not doing anything. You are, we are the body of Christ. And when we don't think he's faithful, we don't believe it's already done. We are not operating the things of the Spirit. We want Him to do it. And don't realize we are Him. A glory to God. You'll get that later. All right. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 49. This is all going to happen in the last days. Now let's go back and see when the last days. Let's go back to Genesis 49. Let the Bible do its own talking. Genesis 49. And we're going to go to verse 1. And verse number 2. And then we're going to skip down to verse 8 to verse 10. Genesis 49. Come to your camera. Genesis chapter 49. And Jacob called unto his son. Here we go and said, gather yourselves together that I may tell you what shall be, what's going to befall you in the last days. Now, why is he telling Israel that? Because there are no last days in grace. See, you're in the dispensation of grace and let somebody tell you something about some last days. Grace is the spirit realm. There's no last days in grace. As a matter of fact, in grace, there's no time. In grace, you can't even say tomorrow. There's no tomorrow in grace. There's no time. There's no clock. You only had that in the Old Testament. Genesis 49 and verse 1. In the last days, Gather yourself together and hear you, sons of Jacob, and hearken, O Israel, your father. He get ready to tell him what's going to happen to him in the last days. Go down in verse number 8. To every one of these sons, he's going to tell him what's going to happen in the last days. Verse number 8. Jacob, I'm sorry, Judah. Now, we know, we know Judah. Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. Thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Your father's children, watch this, 
See, when I, when I, when I did a teaching, which I never finished, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 and on, when the Bible said, every knee shall bow to me, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's why I told you, that's not talking to you. God never told you you got to be saved by your confession. He never told you that you're going to bow to Jesus. He's talking to Israel. See, if you knew the book of Joseph, if you knew the story of Joseph, you would know who he's talking about. If you knew about the blessings, I'm going to take, show you both of them today. Here it is, Judah, your father's children, Jacob's children, going to bow down before you. Now, we know it's going to start off with Joseph. But really, Joseph is a type of Jesus. The Christ. Judah. Let me say it again. Your father's children going to bow down to you. Now let's go, let's go see that right quick. Before we get in the photo. Let's look at Genesis 27, 29. Genesis 27 and 29. You in Genesis. Let's look at chapter 27. We're going to back up. Genesis 27, 29. When did this happen? Genesis 27 and 29. And why did it happen? Genesis 26 and 29. Now, we, we remember the blessing and the birthright. Remember, I told you I'm going to teach you on that soon. And verse 26, let's back up to verse 26. So we're going to show you how he got it. Verse 26 says, his father Isaac said to, to him, to Jacob, come near Jacob and kiss me. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of rainbow, of his rainbow, and blessed him and said, Hmm, the smell of my son is the smell of the field which the Lord has blessed. My God, this man smelled like he's already been blessed. And in verse number 28 says, Therefore God give you the dew of heaven. Now remember, this is the blessings. Listen, this is a blessing. This is what God gave you. The reason why we do not operate in the things of the Spirit, we don't even know what God gave us. It's something that's just like going to school and I'm giving you all the answers and you don't take them instead of them. And you wonder why the enemies are kicking your behind. Listen, the enemy were kicking Israel behind until they realized who their God was and what the word says, and when they realized that God was responsible to take care of them and fight their battles, all that changed. And that's going to change when you learn. I'm, in, I'm working on this thing every day. I, I'm not going to lie. Anything to happen in my life, listen, I got the word. And that's what the word does. I don't have to do it. The word does it. But I must know the word and have faith in the word. All right, watch this. Watch what God gave him. Now, what God gave him was a birthright. And that's who you are today called grace. Remember, he gave it to you. That's grace. Here it is. Therefore, God give you, number one, the dew of heaven. Mark that in your Bible, please. Please, please mark in your Bible. God give you the dew of heaven. So when I teach on this stuff, at least you'll know what it is. God give you the fatness of the earth. Now, these words is natural but to them, but it's really spiritual. God give you plenty of corn and plenty of wine. To these are the seven blessings of favor. That's what you ought to put down there. What God gave you? He gave you the seven blessings of favor. See, I can name them all out to you. Number one, God gave you the dual heaven. Number two, God gave you the fatness of the earth. Number three, God gave you plenty of corn. Number four, God gave you plenty of wine. Number five, let people serve you. Now, that's one of the greatest things that I had to learn as a pastor. 
That's the greatest thing that people have to do because it brings humility. We'll talk about that when we get there. So many people can't receive nothing. I don't care what you give them, they don't need it. Hello, lights. I don't care what you give them, they don't need it. Give it to somebody who need it. They don't know how to receive. So you got to understand when God want to give you something, I, I do it all the time. I'm a, I'm a cheerful giver. Wherever I go, I'm a giver. And there are people give me things, and I'm going like, oh, you can't give me that. And I said, yeah, you can. Because I'm learning to receive. Because I'm a cheerful giver. If I go to a Kentucky Fried Chicken window, I just did twice this week. And you, got, you, get, you, get, you get a dinner, $13.99, a 10-piece. You got to have a coupon, though. And I gave the girl $20 bills. And I said, girl, that's your, off, that's your blessing for the day. She said, all of this? So she didn't sell it. She let it down counting. She's going to hand it back to the window to the beginning. I said, that's yours, all of this? She just couldn't understand. See, they can't, they can't understand when God get, do something for you. See, I did that because I felt like she just started to work. I just out to Myers the other day, walking across. I went over to the place to get the Olive Garden. There was a person walking with a back, backpack, and I looked down at their shoes. I'm like, oh, my God. And I just pulled up to the side. I said, hey, 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 come here. I said, I'm a pastor. I want to give you something. She said, huh? I looked at my thing right here and gave her two $5 bills or three $5 bills, whatever was in there. She said, thank you. See, you, you, if you let God lead you and guide you, you be, all God wants you to do is be a, a vessel, a vessel. He don't mind by putting stuff in your hand as long as you're a cheerful giver. And when he said, and he's able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency unto all things unto every good work. See, you got to see yourself that way. God would not withhold anything from them that walk upright. That's your Bible. Your Bible told you that. No good thing. Somebody found that from. I want to show it to the class. It said no good thing would God withhold from them that walk upright. It doesn't matter. I keep telling you, people, if you want God to give you everything he got, you got to live right. Sanctification is the road to success. If you live right and live holy, there's nothing God will allow you to have. When you read 2 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, that's the first thing he told you after he got through. When you read that, he's going to say, now, if, if, having therefore, brethren, these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all filters of the flesh. All the stuff that God promises, you can, get, you can operate in them, but you got to live right. You can't believe in God for healing your body, and here you are doing stuff in your body you should be doing. Amen, lights. Hallelujah. It's God that working in you. God not working out here. He's working in you. And here while he's trying to work in you, you putting stuff in you you don't supposed to have. But you want him to work in you. You don't understand God. Psalm what? All right, let me finish these blessings. I'll come right there. Psalm, uh, Genesis 29. I'm just introducing the message for the first service. Second service, I teach it. Genesis chapter number 27 said, let people serve you. Verse 29, we'll wait till you get back there. Let people serve you. Let nations bow down to you. Now, he's talking about his brothers. Not talking about the world. It's the 12 tribes of Israel the other 11 bowed down to Joseph. They were the nation. Let them bow down to you. Be Lord. Be, be Lord over your brothers. Be Lord. 
You the one got a rule. And let your mother's son bow down to you. Let it happen. And you know what? When Joseph became the king of Egypt, it all came to pass. They came to Egypt and guess the first thing they had to do? Bow their knee. Look at First Chronicles. Now I think this is where I go to First Chronicles. At. Let me go back there and find that. See, you got to understand something, man. I tell you, this thing is, I think it's First Chronicles 15. Lord, help me to find it. First Chronicles 5, First Chronicles 15. I'm trying to just share stuff with you along the way. I got so much word I can preach to you. First Chronicles, let me find it. I just turned the page. I mark. I got it here. First Chronicles chapter 5, and we're going to look at the verse 1. And verse 1 and 2, 1 Chronicles 5. Thank you. But I want to show you, it said in the last days, because I want to go to Genesis 35, 22 out of there. Write that down. I'm going to give you two more in the last days. Genesis 35, 22, and I'm going to give you also in the last days. Now, I'm not going to be able to do all this stuff in the next service, so you go, I'm just going to pick it up. You got to understand, when, I get, when I'm, I'm giving you all this stuff, so you got to hold on to it. All this stuff happened to Israel in the last days. So it's not, it's, it's, you got to know the last days is already gone. That's Genesis. Uh, I gave you 1 through 8, and I gave you 8 through 12, I hope. If not, Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 30. Write that down, Deuteronomy 4, 30. All right, tell me the last day. Watch this. First Chronicles 5, let's stay there. Now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, for he was the firstborn. See, Reuben was the firstborn. Just like he come over here to Jacob and Esau, Esau was the firstborn. So when I go through it, I'm going to show you all those guys were the firstborn, but he didn't get the blessing. <laughs> oh, boy, you realize how you got the blessing, you're going to be jumping up and down. Okay, he defied, he defied his father's bed. His birthright was given to the sons of Joseph, the sons of Israel. And the genealogy is not to be reckoned after the birthright. Judah prevailed above his brethren, and of, his, and of him came the chief ruler, to my Christ. But the birthright was Joseph's. The birthright was Joseph. Now, how did he get the, he wasn't, oh, he wasn't the firstborn. Neither were you. <laughs> oh, I love God. See, the key is, you, 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 if you realize what you have, you'll learn how to walk in it. My job is to tell you what you got and learn how to walk in it. But you're going to have to spend time with me. You got to spend some time with me. And that's, what I, that's why I'm here on Sunday morning, 9-11. Matter of fact, I get here. Uh, early, very early. All right, let's go, let's go to those couple of things. I, uh, I told you, Genesis 35, 22, wasn't it? Let's look at that. See, I just want to show you all this stuff you, people are telling you that's going to happen. It's already happened. But it happened with Israel. People think it's going to happen to us. No, you, you in the body of Christ. You're a new creation. Genesis 35, 22. And it came to pass, past tense, when Israel dwelt in the land that Reuben went and lay with Behar, his father concubine. And Israel heard it. Now, I'm, I, don't, I really don't want that because that's going to be on the birthright. Go to Genesis 49. Uh, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 49. I don't want that right now. I get that when I deal with the birthright. Genesis 49, Deuteronomy. What, what did I give you? Deuteronomy 4.30? Yeah, okay, thank you. That's what I need. I need that, that's the help I need. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 30. See, you got to understand, when the Bible talks about the last day, he's really not even talking to us. First of all, there's no last days in grace. If you could just get that, grace is eternity. What is grace? 
Once you came in grace, you in what? If I go all the way back, if I, if I go right now, I'm, I'm standing up. If I go all the way back right now to uh, Adam. When Adam was first created by God, remember he was what? Created by God. When Adam was created by God, where did God put him at? He put him in the garden, but where did God create him at? God created him where? In grace. You got to see what I'm saying. God created Adam where? He created him in grace. So if God created Adam in grace, once he ate of the tree of neither good and evil, he fell from what? You got to see it. He fell from grace into the flesh realm. So when God born you again, he born you back into the spirit. It's called the spirit of grace. See, you are not in the flesh anymore when you're born again. Come on, I give you this all the time. That should be a mystery. I gave that in Romans chapter 8 a hundred thousand times in this ministry. If you're in the flesh, you can't be God's son. God doesn't have fleshly children. God is spirit. So his children must also be what? Spirit. So that's why Romans chapter 8 verse 9 told you, you are not in the flesh anymore, you're in the spirit. And if you're in the spirit, you have the spirit of the father, spirit of the son, I'm sorry. Well, the spirit of the son is called the spirit of Christ or the spirit of grace, because that's who Christ is, God's grace. You all right? Right. So you are in grace now. Me, you are in the spirit realm. So that's why you have to operate in the spirit realm with your faith. Everything you get in the spirit realm, Israel could not do this way because they were not in the spirit realm. You have to believe God has already finished it. See, faith is not, faith is only to receive. Faith is not to make things happen. Let me say it again. Faith is not to make something happen. See, you, you got a bad perception of faith. Faith is only to do what? Receive. So if God has healing for me and I got faith, how do I get it? All I do is I give him my faith. I receive my healing with my faith. I'm not trying to use my faith to get him to heal me. He's already healed me. So he gave me faith. He that cometh to God must. You got to believe it's already done. Then he's a rewarder. So you see why people not getting anything from God. They're trying to get God to do something. That is not why you have faith. You got folk out here trying to get God to fight their battles, trying to get God to, to do this here, do this here. God, with their faith. That's not what faith is for. Faith is for one reason, and that's for you to receive. And only, you cannot receive eternal life. You cannot receive anything from God it, that's why he gave the faith for. I said that's why he gave the faith. Now your job is to make sure that you strengthen your faith and all these other things, but you don't want to have one. There's no more. Everything you get from God, you get it with your faith. So you sit around doing all this stupid stuff all day, when you ought to be strengthening your faith, adding to your faith, making sure your faith can receive what God has for you. Faith is like this. Here it is. I'm trying to get something from God. And when God put it on my faith, it knocks it out of my hand. You know why? What he gave me is too heavy for what I have. See, you, what, what God put what he has in you, in your hands spiritually, you can't even hold it up. See, your faith is weak. So God said, be strong in the Lord. What do you mean? Be strong in the faith. 
I got I to gotta go now. Clap your hands and thank God for the word. That's why you got to make sure you got faith. You got to make sure you believe God. All right, let's come to this camera right here. First Corinthians. Come on, let's stand up on your feet. And let's thank God for the word. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for the word you got. You, I told you today that God is faithful. Come on, thank, thank you serve a faithful God. You serve a God that cannot lie. You serve a God that keep his promises. You serve a God that has already fulfilled all of his promises in your life. And he gave you faith to receive it. He called it grace and gave you the faith to receive the grace of God. That's what you got to do. Keep other folk out your head. Huh? First Corinthians chapter 15 told you how to be saved. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and where you stand. Also you have received, also you have received past tense. You're not trying to get anything from God unless you're not saved. By which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach to you unless you believe in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. Well, pastor, how do I receive something from God? Listen, it's so simple. Watch this. Only believe. If you could just believe, you receive, you receive from God. If you did what? If when you believe, you received it from God. But without the knowledge of God's word, you can't believe it. Let me say it again. Second Corinthians told us this. Chapter 10. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers and doctors of this world. What, what are they coming against you for? For the word. Second Corinthians told you that in chapter 10. They told you what, what the enemy is, is doing. You got to cast down every imagination, every high thing that exalted itself against what? The enemy comes against one thing in your life and that's the knowledge of the word. It's the knowledge of the word that strengthens your faith. When you do not have the knowledge of God's word in you, your faith ain't strong. That's why I want you here. That's why I keep telling you to come here. Let me teach you the word so I can strengthen your faith so you can hold, handle, receive what God has for you. Come on, get a Lord a great big hand. Hey, my time is already up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.